Welcome to Generation Fangirl. I was born in the 80s. And I was born in the 90s. And together we talk about geek culture, comic shops, Pokemon, and everything in between. Nice. Those are <laughs> lots of my favorite things. Me too. That's why I picked them. How are you doing today, Peony? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I mean, it's a Monday, but Monday's over. And... You know, that's fine. We survived. We made it. We're here and uh, that's all that matters. <laughs> yep. And I have wine and it's a good time. It's going to get wild. It's going to get rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> We're always rowdy. On the inside. Low energy. <laughs> it's okay. We have a lot to talk about. So I think once we start talking, it'll be good. Do you want to introduce today's topic? No, I want to apologize first. Oh. I was oh. thinking of what else I wanted to say, like what other beginning stuff. So this is our third episode. Technically. Technically. It's our second Big Kid episode. But it's just, are we, I mean, are we even going to acknowledge episode zero? Should we just call it episode two? It's just, it's just baby's first episode. It's the, it's the baby's episode. Oh yeah, so this should be number two, I think. But it's technically number three. But you know what? We're just going to say it's number two. This is number two. Let's just and keep and make I, it as confusing as yeah. possible. Yeah. And you know, anybody out there that wants to make a podcast, you just, just start it. Because by now, I feel like a pro. I'm not a pro. I'm a total, I don't know what I'm doing. Like a true <laughs> millennial. But I feel better about it. First off, before we get started, I would like to apologize with how much my mic picks up. Because I didn't know until I started editing our D&D episode. So I'm really sorry for all the weird fidgety noises. You're I won't do girl. that again. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about this week, Carol? This week, we're talking about guilty pleasures and guilty yes. pleasure fandoms and guilty pleasure nerd culture and things we probably feel ashamed of. But you know what? Let's embrace it. Yeah, we're going to kind of dissect dissect what guilty pleasures are and think of some examples because there's a lot of examples. And I'm going to make the argument that guilty pleasures should not be a dirty word. I agree. I mean, okay, who doesn't like talking about their guilty pleasures also? Whenever I but you have to be that, in a safe zone first. Okay, yeah, okay, fair. I guess so. That's true. Whenever I talk about my favorite guilty pleasure series or tropes or whatever I just get very excited though mm-hmm. and I just want to talk all about that but you're right safe spaces um where where you won't be judged by friends oh yeah I mean in my normal life like I kind of like especially at work and stuff like you know I kind of keep my nerdy stuff to myself like I'm not super ashamed of it or anything but I'm not going to go out of my way to tell people that I've been working on cosplay over the weekend or like, They're like so what did you do over the weekend <laughs> nothing uh i wrote some, the wall. <laughs> i was writing some fanfic you know yeah. amnesia tropes and they fall in love and anyway i won't get into it with my co-workers but <laughs> yeah and i mean i think that's kind of a good starting point for this for this because we were kind of discussing it a little bit off uh not off camera Offline, off, offline, <laughs> off mic. Off mic. That's the word. Yeah, and we kind of were thinking about it, and um, you know, for a while at least during our childhood, just nerd culture in general was a guilty pleasure. You know, before 
geek stuff got cool like before um people knew about san diego comic con like that used to be just a thing that only if you were a super nerd you knew about that but now it's kind of like a major thing because it's where all the trailers come out and kind of everyday people know about it and um, mainstream pop culture has claimed nerdhood a bit that, that's fine i mean it makes it a lot easier to consume but i can understand when how it, it was weird for a while because it was kind of like a secret thing that it was like a little underground fan club. Um, but yeah, <laughs> even, being a nerd is no longer a, a bad thing. And that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in the notes, I wrote my deep, dark, nerdy secret. Yes. <laughs> um, that's kind of what it was before. But now we definitely have much more of a, or at least in the circles we run in, which I'm happy for, a mm-hmm. much less apo- less apologetic attitude. Uh, because I love trash. I'm a garbage person. <laughs> trash. Yeah, and it's just kind of a thing that I've seen. Um, and I think it really started in kind of the Tumblr community, but I see it a lot on Twitter because that's really the main social media that I use. But it's kind of just a funny joke. We're able to make fun of ourselves for whatever dumb trash that we like to watch. I mean, it's yeah. it's like, here's a thing that I love. I know it's terrible. I know the acting's really bad. I know the storyline's not that great. And I love it because I'm yeah. a garbage person. I am a raccoon digging around in the dumpster fire. I That's love these flash baby characters. It's yes. like, I feel like before, and maybe this is also a part of growing up and being in your mid to late 20s, that before it felt like something you have to defend like oh I watch this but actually it's really really good and it's like really fun because of this stuff despite it being frivolous or whatever but now it's kind of like it's like well I love this I understand how other people might not love it but I'm gonna embrace it even though it's kind of cheesy or what have you yeah, and I think it's more of just there were more people coming forward and just kind of saying I don't really care this is something that I like. And I think that made people uh, a lot less scared to kind of hide stuff that they like, even if they think that their friends will make fun of them. You know, they're, it's, it's, I feel like it just about everybody now has something that used to be, you know, you'd have to wait until you overheard someone talking about how they liked a certain show before you would ever admit that you also liked that show. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I just really like the attitude now where it's it's not a big deal. It's like, I'm a good person. I promise. <laughs> Let's get some examples. I don't really have like a definite definition of guilty pleasure. I don't know if you have one. Well, I think we kind of like touched on it. It's something that, well, like a guilty pleasure media or show, you know what you're getting into. So you have a baseline of expectations and maybe it exceeds those, maybe it doesn't, but you love to love it or you love to hate it and you watch it anyway. But I feel like there are a lot of the but actually or I love it despite various things because it's still kind of something that's like a secret shame, a secret like my secret love of this TV show. Um, you know, I actually have a definition from Wikipedia. Oh, that okay, sounds pretty okay, good. Okay, and well, I'm going to read it. From my brain. But yeah, we can consult the internet, I guess. <laughs> no, it's it actually sums it up really well. All right. So a guilty pleasure is something such as a film, a television program, or a piece of music that one enjoys despite feeling that it is not generally held in high regard or is seen as unusual or weird. All right. 
think that sums it up pretty well. And so with this episode, we wanted to talk about specifically things in nerd culture and kind of geeky fandom guilty pleasure stuff. Because you can have guilty pleasure in just about anything. And it's... BW shows. Yes. Uh, we will get to those. What are the normal things? Mm, uh, I Most guess kind of the, the best... Yeah, reality shows. I feel like that's kind of the best example that everyone's aware of. Like, a lot of people will gather around and happily talk about how they watch The Bachelor. But they know that every a lot of things are scripted and, like, a lot of things. But it's still, like... A dramatic story for them even though they know it's kind of trash tv listen rachel's season was a wild roller coaster see, and i have a lot of feelings about it not gonna see i feel like that's a very normal thing that people can understand when we talk about guilty pleasures or maybe it's a movie that everyone around you hated but you love talking about speed racer <laughs> Speed Racer is making a comeback though. Like people understand there are Speed Racer never about to make a why comeback. Speed Racer is actually good and everyone else should shut their faces up. Yeah. I'm just saying, as far as classic as far as film adaptations go, Speed Racer is the best film adaptation I've ever seen because have you seen the original show? <laughs> it's not that great. It's yep really cheesy and especially the dubbing is just ridiculous but well we can't we can't be held accountable for dubbing and i I don't know what people were expecting that's exactly the same speed racer that i grew up it just was a lot more colorful and i liked it (laughs) and i'm sorry if it gave you a headache but it's a treasure anyway i think of a bad movie that i like that was a really good pleasure one that comes to mind is jupiter ascending you remember that oh i actually yeah. never saw that because everyone what? told me that it was good but then later people came back and they're like oh no that's my guilty pleasure and i'm like well, you guys told me it sucked <laughs> definitely see it it's i mean it's like not i i don't like calling movies like good or bad because it's just i mean it'll be, be based on my opinion so like mm-hmm. if i enjoyed a movie and enjoyed watching it and like it didn't have a bunch of like problematic shit i'm like yeah it was good i enjoyed it i had fun I guess when it comes to, like, movies, the best way I can describe it is this movie isn't going to win an Oscar for anything. Yes. But I enjoyed the two and a half hours. Costumes are so, like, so just top tier costuming. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. But, like, like, her boyfriend is, like, is, like, a wolf man. There's a guy who is a bee, but, like, not an actual bee. He has, like, bee DNA. What? Like, insanity. Okay, I realize that now everything I'm saying doesn't make any sense to you, but the thing is that you just have to... It's Sean Bean. Sean Bean is, like, a bee. He can, like, control bees. It's a whole thing. Okay, now I'm even more interested. Now I'm very invested. Benny is, like, a wolf. He has angel wings. It's amazing. Anyway, it's just, like, all the best guilty pleasure tropes that, like, would make you excited and would make like typically like young the young girl uh demographic oh my gosh I love this I love like my OCs with angel wings and all this stuff like hell yeah more power to you that movie's great okay I feel like a lot of cult movies probably go into the category of guilty pleasures yes until everyone realizes hey we all enjoy this then it's like that's why it becomes the cult fan favorite Mm -hmm. so what are some of your general guilty pleasures are we talking are we talking like tropes are we talking no we're not talking about tropes yet just like generic like 
categories of certain movies or or something like i can i can talk about my love of cw shows yes <laughs> there's a lot of, it just it was really weird it's like i always knew that like cw shows were kind of like they're just kind of targeted towards teenagers and young adults and they didn't always have to be like the most amazing story writing maybe they just had a lot of hot people you were again it wasn't like anything groundbreaking it was just kind of it was just fluff it, it was just it's mindless brain candy that you just you come home from a long day and you're like i'm gonna watch my trash stories yes, my brain candy <laughs> yeah it's my brain candy and it I don't know. It's just all of a sudden I went from never watching anything on CW to watching like four shows at once. And there's a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of, you know, the, the DC superhero shows and I have not watched a lot of them. So I don't know very much. I like the Supergirl one. Yeah. I did try to watch Supergirl and I, I liked it, but then like they, I don't know, like the seasons didn't like connect with each other. It's like yeah. I was watching a totally different show and I was like, this is kind of bad. Like, this is so bad. I can't even watch it anymore. Oh, <laughs> but I know that like the Flash is good, I think. I think yeah. the Flash is good. I've heard. I think it's good. good. I just am so much more interested in Supergirl because we get like a female lead and I'm like, yay. Mm-hmm. And also I just, I, I always, I like the, the fact that, you know, it's not like she discovered that she was special or anything like she knew from day one like she remembered being an alien you know and she just started out with like i don't know it just it started out so good and then it just got weird like they didn't know what to do with it okay unpopular opinion i like it that's why it's my guilty pleasure i'm still in the middle yeah that's fine no spoilers but i like it i'm disappointed with some things they do with the characters but i hear they fix some things anyway but it's like i agree with the whole it's it's interesting that she already knew of her powers because if i want to read a story about a girl coming into her powers i'm going to read young adult literature which mm-hmm. is my guilty pleasure this mm-hmm. is my segue it was very nice um what yeah I- there was a, there was a time where i would not read any young adult books because i felt like i was too old to and then i gave up and i got back into it and life has been so much easier exactly that is exactly the point that i was about to say like it's interesting because it is very it's a popular young adult like literature and supernatural romance fiction have their own sections in the bookstore they sell incredibly well mm-hmm. but it's still considered a guilty pleasure for us at least like maybe yes for some actual young adults but us because it's not quote-unquote age appropriate like I feel like a lot of guilty pleasures for people my age are things like cartoon shows or things that are made for younger people even though oh definitely like I I remember even in high school it it got weird to still be getting up to watch Saturday morning cartoons Mm -hmm. like that was that was weird but I think that's also just high school like you know, it's just, oh, you're such a little kid. And I'm like, hey, well, I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to watch cartoons still. And like, like when people are like, well, what shows do you like watching? And I'm like, I watch a lot of cartoons. I guess I, I watch some like comedies on Netflix and stuff, but mostly I watch a lot of cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting how you brought up the young adult stuff, because as I was thinking today about all the stuff we're going to talk about later, I think a lot of this, because we're going to get into tropes in a minute, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of things that I identify as guilty pleasures in my own life, I think is very inspired by romance novels. 
because that is also a huge guilty pleasure. I don't, I don't particularly read guilt, uh, romance novels, but I know a lot of people that do. Mm-hmm. But they also don't like to talk about it because it's seen as something that like housewives read. Annie, it's almost, <laughs> it's almost as if like expressing like fe- feminine interests is something that we should be ashamed of in society. <gasps> Does that? That can't be right. That can't be right, though. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, there are so many links we can be drawn. Like, so many. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking about it earlier today when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And whenever I talk about guilty pleasures with friends and, and stuff, I don't know what guys have guilty pleasures about. It's always girls talking about oh these are the sort of stories I like to read even though they're really cheesy these are the sort of movies I like to watch like I like to watch rom-coms even though they all have the same plot but I like it because it's predictable and it makes me happy yeah I think I think having a guilty pleasure is at least I don't know in my experience as like a girl and from what I have observed is mostly a female thing I guess I think like my dad has guilty pleasures of watching like bad cop shows or something like bad like murder mystery things but it's it's more like with tv shows it's a lot easier to claim a guilty pleasure but with things that are like hobbies or like outside things it's often a lot more of the like frivolous or romantically inclined like consuming of media and stuff like that yeah i just think it's interesting and i don't know if there are any any fellas listening which hello thank you you're you are welcome here i know it says fangirl but that's just because we're two ladies um i would be super interested in in what guys consider their guilty pleasures because i know that they have some like i i i've actually had a few guy friends who had to apologize for liking like magical girl anime and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, that's fine. Like, it's great. And, but they had to apologize for it. And I was like, no, oh, it's okay. I'm sorry that you feel like you're not allowed to watch it. And then that's really the only example I can think of. But those have always been kind of, uh, you know, the sort of the sort of fellows that are trying very actively to, you know, they're aware of, kind of the gender standards from society and blah 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 and they're trying to you know not apologize for liking quote-unquote girly stuff like that's their guilty pleasure is liking girly stuff Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of interesting but yeah if there's any guys that want to give their opinion give us a tweet (laughs) i want to have this conversation i think it's interesting (laughs) that being said i think that like I'm looking at, okay, I'm looking at our notes and like a lot of the tropes I want to talk about are very much like romance and ship based because that's they are. I, it's just how that's I consume all- media now is I find that's- a ship and I'm like, okay, I will, I'll, I'll sync with this ship. Well, I'll get into this because of this. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking about. I was like, man, everything's very centered around romance stuff. And I was trying really hard to think of tropes and, and shows and things that I considered a guilty pleasure that wasn't pairings or relationship related. And it was really hard. Because I feel like a lot of media, like animes or like series, like, I don't know, like I'm I'm really into the X-Men now. And a lot of those stories, yeah, have like relationships and things, but it's much more about adventure and the intrigue and stuff like that. And to the point that I feel like a lot of the romances are underdeveloped or just come out of nowhere and everyone's like kissing everyone. And I'm just like, 
literally y'all haven't like had an actual conversation that was not about like the fact that mortal peril was happening at the Xavier school or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like trope, like my favorite guilty pleasure stuff is exploring more of those relationships and things. One of my one of the guilty pleasure tropes that I was thinking of before this is actually not romance based, but it's kind of those scenes where you have a ragtag group of heroes and mm-hmm. they're on the run from the bad guys. I'm getting into this now. Oh, that's um, fine. I'm excited. Road trips, diner scenes in like young adult literature or comics or TV shows or whatever is like my shit. If there's a diner scene and they're all like drinking bad coffee and wearing like disguises with sunglasses and baseball caps like we're in a Marvel movie and like hunched over their scrambled eggs, I am there. Or a late night <laughs> diner with like 24-hour pancakes and they're talking about their next move. I believe there is uh, a scene in the Mortal Instruments movie, City of Bones, which I have a bone to <laughs> have a bone to pick with that show. Anyway, series, I do not like the author, but I am invested in these kids. That movie is not great. It has some good moments. I hate the ending, but it has this one scene where they're on the run and they're in this diner. Or maybe I'm, I think I'm remembering this correctly. Anyway, I love that shit. Like, give me teens that are like, have superpowers and they're running away from their responsibilities or trying to. Oh yeah, that one's. And then they have, yes, they have like real conversations and we get to see them in their downtime. Downtime is like my guilty pleasure trope in any kind of intense supernatural superhero kind of action all the time show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm not sure if that's so much of a guilty pleasure. I, I, I guess because I also like it too, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to apologize for it, but it is, it is cool. I like, I guess kind of to go with that. I think some people really like gritty reboots mm-hmm. that kind of it kind of reminds me the same way because it's hey let's take this beloved character or superhero but let's make them like a real person let's put them let's make them have internal conflicts and, so, and get angsty a little bit and i remember that was just a big trend for a while okay but also now <laughs> like hey let's take archie and crew let's have murders happen in riverdale let's oh, have we're going to talk about riverdale there's this drug and it's called jingle jangle and i'm which like which is also Whoa. available at trader joe's <laughs> Yeah, it's like the cookie, right? Or the candy, like brittle. It's some, like Christmas thing, and everyone was like, <laughs> "What?" All the Riverdale kids getting high on Jingle Jangle. It's delicious. No, I have I have a lot of feelings about Riverdale because when I saw this, I was like, "This is going to be trash." There is no doubt in my mind that this show is going to be trash, I and I got exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Yes, I remember when I when it was coming out, I was actually like talking with you about it. And I was very excited, even though I knew not to keep up my expectations. But that being said, I I stand by Riverdale and they have some really great plot lines that go on and consideration of the characters. I don't know. I think they're all written very well and the continuity is pretty good. I'm like, that's one of the shows that is a guilty pleasure, but I'm very surprised because it's exceeded my expectations and everyone looks so good. All the fashion is so nice. All the neon mm-hmm. lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that in Riverdale, it's never sunny. Like it's always at night. And the, li- <laughs> the lights are flickering. It's just I'm, I'm like, are, is the power out everywhere? Is there just a, is this like Seattle where it's just cloudy all the time? It's like it's, I know it's 
Riverdale. I know it's supposed to like a mood, but I was just like Sunnydale. That would be Buffy, and that doesn't make any sense. No, no crossovers. But hey, I I know a lot of a lot of people that tried to watch it once it came on Netflix, Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't blame them for kind of giving up because it was just too much. But for me, I was just like, yes, this is shutting my brain off, Mm -hmm. watching some trash. Just letting it flow through my body. Yes, it's and it's. This is a show that is very easily bingeable, and I think that binging TV shows is also a very big guilty pleasure. It's kind of become the norm of consuming media now because it's like, oh, what'd you binge this weekend? Is not an unnormal question. I think. Yeah, I do uh, remember though that um, actually that was kind of a guilty pleasure, like binging, saying like, oh, I I watched a whole show over the weekend on Netflix, like. That's kind of normal now, but it used to be very looked down on. Maybe it's just a millennial thing, though. Maybe it, we just all figured out that we were all doing it. But I do remember <laughs> like that was just like a, a talent. You know, you come back over, from over the weekend and be like, oh, yeah, I finished the whole season. And they're just like, what? My and- dad binges things all the time. But mm-hmm. it's like it's something that we thought used to be bad for. I mean, OK, listen, it probably is bad for us to just sit in front of the TV for nine hours and binge an entire show and I think that's why we were supposed to be a little bit ashamed of it but a little bit proud of our accomplishments to sit in one place for so long but that was also kind of a very nerdy thing Mm -hmm. it was a very uh it goes back to the whole idea that nerds are very antisocial they stay in their room stay indoors and yeah and they just absorb media very quickly because that's their passion that's their life so it was a very nerdy thing to say that you spent the whole weekend it's like saying oh i i played 12 hours of wow you know i like i just marathon something that is very nerdy and i think it's just maybe it's because netflix is so much more common now it's like everybody's got some sort and not just netflix but streaming sites you know yeah. hulu and all that other stuff and i think it's just become it's really interesting that instead of looking down on someone for watching an entire season of something it's now something that you ask it's like oh what did you watch on netflix over the weekend because just everyone does it now honestly sometimes it's even like necessary if you want to be online or talking to people in person and not be mm-hmm. spoiled especially mm-hmm. when the series drop and they drop the entire like season in one go which oh yeah i've been spoiled on things owns that yeah yeah i've been spoiled on things the monday after something dropped because somebody spent the entire weekend watching all nine one hour episodes and i like to pace myself out but then i realized that if i didn't want to get spoiled i'd have to watch it all before i saw people on monday I, I I got spoiled. So the newest season, I believe season seven of Voltron dropped mm-hmm. Thursday night, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thursday at like, I guess, Friday morning at like 2am. People binged it. And like, I got spoiled Friday on Twitter about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not huge spoilers, because the people I follow tend to be a little more conscientious of, hey, block me for these things, or I'm going to be vague about my feelings, but I'm still going to be screaming. But it's just as soon as it drops it's almost like some things you just have to well this is what i'm doing for the next 6 hours this is my night let's binge it let's have a party yeah and uh, that's that's become very normal in nerd co- culture i think for the exact same reason it has become sort of a a party like everyone gets really excited for the day that 
the season comes out because yeah. that's also another thing is normally you would have to wait for a new episode every week. But now with this new thing with Netflix becoming its own thing and having its own shows and they'll just drop the whole season all at once. It is kind of a, a new obstacle. Yeah. And you can and, have viewing parties with like drinks themed like characters or food themed like the show and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I didn't even think about Netflix being a guilty pleasure because now mm-hmm. it's normal. Hey everyone, Peony here. Thanks so much for listening to episode two of Generation Pangirl. We've had a lot of fun talking about really random topics, but we would like to extend the invite to you, our listeners, to get in on the conversation. So if you would like to give us a comment about anything we talk about on the show. You can find us on Twitter at GenFangirlPod, and you can also use the hashtag GenFGPod to let us know what you're thinking. Or you can email us at GenerationFangirlPod on Gmail. And who knows, we might mention you in a future episode. Yeah, and if you can, just go ahead and like give us a like or review or comment. We love to hear your opinion, love to hear how we can improve. Um, but giving us a like or a retweet or whatever also helps uh, us with visibility and other people find us. Because I know we had a hard time finding other nerdy kind of female-led podcasts that we wanted to listen to. So we decided to make our own. Uh, and it'd be very cool. Thanks. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I can work with that. Do you want to talk about tropes now? I guess we kind of already started. Yes. I am always down to talk about tropes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Should we give kind of maybe another definition of what a trope is? It's really simple. I'm not going to look one up, but basically, if you don't know what a trope is, a trope is something usually storytelling-wise that is... What's the best way to say it? It's, it's like, a, it's, it's something that you see multiple times in, in media to represent an idea or something. It's kind of a really quick way of familiarizing yourself with something. Yeah, it can be a, a repeated, it's like a cliche kind of. Yes, a cliche. An established cliche that like people may or may not think is cheesy. Yeah, like damsel in distress. That's a trope. And it's because it's a familiar thing and once and once it's introduced and the audience understands where the story's going. But this is the thing where like with guilty pleasures, I don't necessarily care about a trope being subverted. I am just like as soon as this happens, I'm like, yes, I'm here. Like enemies to friends to lovers in fanfic, I'm like, yes, I know exactly mm-hmm. fake dating. I know okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the conversation with fake dating. So that's one of the bullet points. And it's fine. Just like when that comes up, it's like, oh man, like I wonder what's gonna happen. They're gonna fake date to save face, but then they're gonna develop feelings for each other. And every time I just lose my mind because it's just yeah, I am a I am a huge sucker for childhood friends that grew up together that ended up being like, oh my god, I want to kiss their face because hormones. I ship it. That's oh god, just kiss me every time. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, not again. <laughs> Give me more. 
the kind that's of definitely one of my my tropes of choice. And it's actually interesting because when I was thinking about all these tropes, it just reminded me of fanfic, which is another guilty pleasure for some people, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, bringing up fake dating, that's mostly a fanfic trope. It doesn't happen in a lot of, um, or at least the series that I follow, uh, like, hit me up if you know a good series that canonically has fake dating. Cause like, yeah, because I could not come up with an example. That was always something that I heard about people writing fanfics with i have seen a lot of bad romantic comedies some of them are i have to weed through a lot to find good ones that's kind of a guilty pleasure is romantic comedies i guess but just because they're not very they're not viewed with a lot of um respect in 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 movie culture i guess just because it's like especially if they're not particularly made very well it's like well like oh you're gonna go pay money to go see that like the acting's so bad or it's just so predictable it's like yes, it's predictable, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes predictable is is comforting. It's it's yeah. not brain candy. Brain candy, yes. It's it's something familiar. Like you, especially with rom coms, you know where the story's leading. You know how it's going to end. Yet it's familiar. I know. So you get comfort out of knowing, okay, well, I want to watch a movie where the couple ends up together at the end. So I'm going to watch a rom-com where the couple ends up together at the end and I get to watch it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh man, 27 dresses. Like, is James Marsden going to be able to get over himself enough? And will Katherine Heigl like open her eyes and see that maybe this guy, this guy is the one that she's going to marry? I don't know. But if they don't end up together in the end, I'm just going to kind of be bummed. So... (laughs) Give me happy endings. Yeah, and about not be guilty pleasures, IMO. But for some reason, people always think like, oh, tragedy is much more dramatic. It's much more Oscar worthy. Whatever the Oscars are. It bad. really is. I I used to when I was younger in high school. I used to really be into the Oscars. Um, that was kind of the one awards show that I would stay up to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was especially when they introduced ten best picture nominees like it's exhausting because of course the one that's gonna like everyone tries to do the most dramatic acting or like traumatic uh storyline or something to get those oscars Mm -hmm. and i just i can't watch drama movies that much it just zaps me like i just get exhausted and i used to you know be at a point where i would watch all of the best picture nominations and a lot of them are just very depressing and a lot of them they're all the oscars are so white everything is very white Not a lot of they're they're bringing up new rules or like new awards this year but it's just like gold star you tried mm-hmm. not yeah and i think this is not entirely geek culture but it does get kind of close to geek culture i think is when you talk to people that are like movie buffs um i love movies and i mean i feel like everybody does but i really do love uh just the the art of movie making and the storytelling and everything but because i don't like dramas that much i feel like i'm a fake movie buff because there's just a lot of movies that i haven't seen but it's exhausting for me so i like i usually tend to go towards more the the fun action movies or the interesting fantasy movies or the comedies. Um, that's just kind of, I don't know, like there are, I have seen some really great dramas, don't get me wrong, but there usually is some something else to it that makes me interested in it. Like it's, um, I really like historical fiction. So 
usually if it's in a different time era, I will watch it. Pretty costumes too. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to say pretty. I don't want to say it, but yes. (laughs) You did. Did you not want to say it because it's feminine? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Listen. Uh, fuck the Oscars. Why have an Oscar watch party? We can. You can just have a like Netflix TV series binge party. It's fine. Uh There's definitely a level of pretension in saying like. Oh, you watch like bad movies, but I only watch the good ones. I'm a movie. Yeah, I watch the thought provoking ones, and I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that there's a lot of dramas that are really great and really change you and stick with you, but sometimes I just don't have the emotional energy for it. And I can acknowledge that it's great, but I want to watch something. I just want to shut my brain off, and I just want to watch something pretty. Or even have my brain on and just enjoying all of this beautiful colors and funness. If mm-hmm. a movie has a shopping slash makeover sequence in it, I am there for it. This is another one of my tropes. There's this great movie, which is one of my favorite rom-coms. It's called it's called The Last Holiday. And it has um, Queen Latifah in it. It's, it's like it's kind of old, I guess from early 2000s maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds slightly familiar. It's amazing. It's about a woman, Queen Latifah, and she um, thinks that she has, she gets diagnosed with a brain tumor. So she only has a few months to live. So she decides to take all of her savings out of her bank and just go on this amazing vacation to Europe. So she does. And she stays at this like hotel and she meets all these chefs and things. And there's a whole montage of fashion and all these new outfits that she gets to buy herself. And I just love just playing the music over that and we get this montage of fun little clothes and the twirling in the mirror trying on goofy hats especially if there's someone there like the shop clerk or a best friend who's standing there with their arms crossed and they're like no no not that one or (laughs) oh yes thumbs up that's my that's my shit I love that (laughs) that's pretty good speaking of movies the um that new movie, uh, Crazy Rich Asians with Constance Wu, is coming out this week. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for it, but I'm reading the book right now. So I'm like, yes, going to finish this recording, drink some wine, read my book in bed. Sounds like perfect. You were adulting so well. Yes, thank you. I think so, too. We have a mm-hmm. couple more tropes to talk about if you want to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Did you want to keep talking about those? I mean, we're based, I felt like we like covered a lot, but I did mm-hmm. like the, well, I guess I kind of touched on this, but the like hidden ide- identities mayhem thing is great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and say this real quick. So okay. my last trope um, that I had, yes, my last trope that I had in mind, we had a couple like royalty arranged marriages, like, oh, oh yeah, um, that's me. And I quote, now you can't marry that cute stable boy. Even better if they have secret identities because, segue, secret slash hidden identities, like chaos that ensues around that, that mm-hmm. is my, like, one of my favorite guilty pleasure tropes. I love Oh, yeah. I, I love it when you have two characters that know each other, but they're also, they both have secret identities. And then so, like, one of them will have a secret I- or a crush on the secret identity, but yeah. not have a crush on the regular person, yeah. and they don't know that they're the same people. <laughs> you mean the miraculous ladybug love square? Because, okay. yes, I love that stuff in superhero media. Mostly because, again, it's like, give me that hilarious comedy chaos. Why does everything have to be so tragic? I just want to see the X-Men eating breakfast together. Um, <laughs> but I would like to think Shakespeare... What would, what would they eat for breakfast? Probably, like... Wolverine has his own cereal, I'm sure. 
like, he's got like Cheerios, Wolverinos. Wolverinos. Like, I just really, I, honestly, all I thought about was Wolverine eating a bowl of cereal, like alone, sadly. Mm-hmm. And it's it just, it was such a like, it was such a nice image, though. Like he was just, just eating the cereal. Yeah. Anyway, I'm he's, keeping that in. He's chilling, but then everyone else comes into the room, and they're just chaos. Okay, I said I wasn't going to talk about X Men. Damn it. But anyway, it's I would be a drinking drink like, every time Carol talks about. Dumb. Don't drag me like this. Called <laughs> out. Me my thing. Okay, I just want to say thank you, Shakespeare, for the hidden identities, absolute <laughs> chaos, insanity that ensues whenever those things happen. This is my favorite. That's true. Okay. It's good. Good stuff. And those are my favorite tropes. There's just some other super. I, I guess it's. I guess it's mostly a superhero thing. I was trying to think of other examples of secret identity. Well, it's kind of the the hidden identity thing. Like it could do like oh, like masquerade balls. Yes. <gasps> I didn't even think about that. That is my number one trope, and I forgot. Ugh. The labyrinth. Ugh. Like, God, nothing. I say as I'm staring at my labyrinth poster above my bed. Nothing will top that. So great. It's just like very, very girlish fantasies. Honestly. Yeah, it's just I don't know what it is about masquerade balls. I it just mean, ruins my life because it's something about like there's you know all this mystery and stuff. Mystery Even though you can like kind of like I feel like I, I feel like if I saw you in a room with a mask on, I would know it was you. Yeah. But like at the same time, in the in the media, whenever it's presented, it's always like, oh, it's this mysterious, handsome person. Yeah, maybe, and then maybe later on, handsome. it's like, oh, it was that person all along. If your hair was done different and you were kind of doing a weird voice, I'd be like, who's that? (laughs) Plus, everybody just looks so pretty. Again, girly shit. Yeah, that kind of... Back at it again. That kind of leads into our deeper dive of... uh, Welcome to our TED Talk. Welcome to my (laughs) thought piece on guilty pleasures. And this essay, I will explain. (laughs) As a concept and as a shameful thing, well, let me tell you, typically feminine things as guilty pleasures. Things like frivolous... TV trash or whatever. <laughs> Do you want to start off with that? Do you have anything to say specifically about that that we have not already said? Yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating because, and I think we've we've gone over it. the The reason that sometimes you know you just want to watch something that doesn't have a serious plot is very easy to watch because sometimes you're just exhausted and you just want to shut your brain off. I mean, I do say shut your brain off a lot, but that's really the best example I can think of and so I think a lot of people I think a lot of people find um like that's kind of their like peaceful time when they're watching The Bachelor or they're watching you know keeping up with the Kardashians or (laughs) something it's like okay I I just I disagree with the use of the word peaceful but okay but fine no continue (laughs) I meant like okay you watch that and you forget about stuff going on in your own life it's you stepping away from like stressing about your own life and instead you can stress about these people who just met two weeks ago and are proposing to each other and I'm like hold up none of y'all are good enough for Rachel (laughs) yeah it's because I know a lot of people that like shows that a lot of other people will say is just it's trash it's trash tv and they kind of judge them for it and I think that's not very fair I think we all have stupid hobbies that we know is not the best use of our time, but it it just it, it's this escapism. Exactly. That's all it is. And, and so, 
it begs the question, like, who are these made for anyway, if not mm-hmm. for the explicit purpose of being a guilty pleasure and to entertain, to give you something to watch while you're eating dinner, to, mm-hmm. I don't know, put on in the background while you chill with your friends. Or yeah, exactly. To, like, like in the dark of your room on your bed, just like rapt attention, like what's going to happen next? Do they propose? Who knows? Who walks away? Who gets the rose? Who gets the rose, Peony? Me. I get all of them. I get all of them. What a twist. What a twist. It was me. <laughs> you turn around and Chris is like, oh my gosh. Chris I'm like, hey guys. I just need a space to like unplug my brain and just shout at my laptop screen for a little bit. At other see, people's places, not my own. <laughs> see, that's all it is. So the last thing I kind of want to talk about is quote unquote bad endings. And I would like to talk about shows that were our guilty pleasures, but they were just so bad that we had to walk away. Would you like to talk about that? Um, Do you have any examples or is it just all me? I mean, you have that one big example that I also am related to, but I will bring up my short example real quick. Okay. I already mentioned it before. It's the moral instruments because God, I do not like that author. She's, she has a history of online bullying and just like- She's a mess. Problematic. And the whole thing is like when the movie came out, she was promoing it and was very excited for her cameo. And then after it came out and did poorly, she just like tore it apart. And it's just like, oh, that about face. Okay. Anyway, not just not a very cool person. But reading that Moral Instruments book series, like I would get it at like half price books. And I would mm-hmm. kind of hate read it because I really liked the characters and wanted to see them through. But then again, I hate the way they're written. There mm-hmm. is as you may know, in the first book and in the first movie, there's the um, incest scare is what I like to call it. Um, oh, I don't know anything about these books. So this oh, is all wow. brand new to me. So it's it's one of the it's, it's another young adult series that was kind of inspired by a fan fiction that the author wrote. And I'm like, hey, more power to you. But the fan fiction she based it off of was a Ginny and Ron fan fiction. And yes, you heard me right. The siblings. Oh. And so very good. But I also know that she took lines straight out of her original fan fiction and made it into her story. There's like this one tragic character and his dad made him kill a hawk when he was younger anyway. There's this whole thing where you have these two characters and they're falling in love. And there's this girl and she's learning her new powers. And then there's a twist where you thought her dad had died. But no, it turns out that her dad is actually this evil guy. And then it turns out that the evil guy is also his dad. So they share a father and maybe a mother, but they're like, oh, this is weird. They know it's weird too, because they're like, like there's this one part where the character Jace is like, we should, we can still be together. Like, I know this, I know we may be related, but I still want to be with you. And she's like, oh, fuck no, because it's just gross and weird. And so that goes on for like, three books and then oh surprise they find out that they're not actually related yay but i hate using that as a plot device i was just like that sounds like the worst that sounds so lazy it's just bad so the movie did that garbage she also has some issues with the main one of the main characters is gay but she like treats him like poorly and there's like a lot of jealousy there's this other character who's a wizard whose name is magnus bane and he's wonderful he's also very frivolous and like or rather flamboyant and i think he's bisexual so it's just like plays into a lot of uh negative stereotypes sometimes anyway 
I can go on and on about it because I have such a, a hate relationship with it that it was so promising and it let me down so far, let me down. But I have heard that the Shadowhunters series, which I believe is also on the CW, is pretty good. I've seen um, the first, like, I don't know, five episodes or so, and I like the direction they go in. They actively like, change things about the plot. I, I cannot confirm if they have the incest scare, but I think that they do not. I may be wrong, but God, I hope I hope I'm not wrong. I think I saw a preview for that, but I had a feeling that it was just going to be terrible. It's really, but it looked cool. It's definitely like a guilty pleasure kind of bad writing thing. But maybe I'll watch it anyway. But the main character has a lot of personality, and she's kind of a shell of a person in the books. So yeah, that's good. That's my damn it. I've watched so much, and now I have to finish it, or I the story sucks, but. God, mm-hmm. I've spent so many hours reading this. I have to finish this book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, oh, I hate that. I hate whenever you feel like you've put so much time and effort into something, even though it's really terrible, you feel like you have to finish it. Mm-hmm. And I can't come up with any examples off the top of my head, but that has definitely been an Just like, oh boy. Speaking of things that start off nice and then they continuously let us down what is your example peony well <laughs> let me tell you a few things about me <laughs> i like disney mm-hmm. i like costumes heard and i like fairy tales yeah do you well, know where great. this is going like whatever whatever you could just like put all those in a blender and i think whatever i love crossovers would be really great right love crossovers <laughs> would think <laughs> you're like I can this show would be the best thing ever swirling your wine <laughs> I've been through so much I think we all know what show I'm talking about <laughs> do I even mutter the name please for posterity no, no please <laughs> I'm talking about once upon a time everybody <sighs> let's just gather around sit down get comfy I loved that show when it first came out Hey, the, okay. That was first a of all, pleasure that actually was first like, of all, hey, this is pretty good. The first season was really good. Yeah. It also was supposed to be based off of the comic Fables, mm-hmm. which is an amazing comic book. And I, I actually have not finished it. I actually have not finished it, but I remember loving it and I would like to reread it. And I think it's all done. So I can, you know, finally finish it. That's how Once Upon a Time came about. It was supposed to be an adaptation of Fables. Fables is a story of basically all of your, you know, Grimm's fairy tale characters. They live all in this other kind of alternate universe where they exist. And um, due to some crazy magic evil stuff, they are forced to live in our world. And basically they are the more popular of a character they are, the the stronger they are. So like a lot of longer, like, like superpowers or like. Um, no, more like if anything were to happen to them physically, they could kind of heal themselves. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's just more like, it's like a lot of the, um, like kind of not so well-known fairy tales. They, they're just kind of like smaller and weaker, but like all the, all the main characters are like, uh, Snow White is the mayor. Mm-hmm. And um, the big bad wolf is the sheriff. There's actually a really great Telltale's game on Steam. The oh, wolf I've Among seen, Us. I've, I've seen screenshots of that. I've heard a lot yeah. of. Yeah, that. that's from that, that. That's Fables. 
And that's what that's what time's supposed to be. And I've, so I've read like like some of the beginning, like I think maybe the first volume of Fables. Um, and they have tons of volumes, but it's pretty grungy. Like it's pretty like violent, which I guess makes sense why ABC couldn't necessarily go that dark. I guess. Yeah, but I think it's just it's more of like I I love the crossover thing about it. I love that Beauty from Beauty and the Beast is having lunch with Snow White sort of stuff, you know. So anyway, uh, since it got picked up by ABC, they could use the actual Disney characters. Mm-hmm. And it like it started out it started out very much its own thing. Like Snow White doesn't look like Snow White from the Disney movie. And it just was this really interesting story and I really liked yeah, it like, and all of that stuff. Hand. Yeah. Well that's like- just and throw like um like some of their costuming would have little nods to the mm-hmm. coloring of the Disney princess like outfit. Yeah. Yeah, and it it was still like familiar but very original and I just I mean, I love that show. It was it was definitely a guilty pleasure. And then just as the seasons went on, like they didn't know what to do with certain characters, like the the quote-unquote evil characters would have a change of heart and they become more humanized and you'd sympathize with them and then they'd be good and then all of a sudden they'd be bad again and then yeah like they didn't know what to do with them and then all of a sudden they would have like they were really bad with plot holes and stuff like they like something something bad would happen and then you know someone would show up and be like well i just happen to have the perfect potion for this very problem just sitting here and you're like okay whatever like there's nothing at stake anymore because this problem it just it was really bad and i stopped watching it but then like they had frozen come in oh yeah costumes were so pretty and i wanted to see them and so i watched it again and i tried and it just i couldn't i couldn't keep up and then they rebooted it so they're like guess what we have a new cinderella we have a new we're just gonna tell the same old stories again and i'm like i didn't "Ah." know that wait they like brought in different people yeah no they they, yeah, they 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 repeat. They basically started over the plot. So the original plot is um, the main character is the daughter of Snow White and Prince Charming, right? And then like she also has a kid, and the kid is like the one because they're stuck in this this story he's storybook the, the place ruler or whatever. No, he's it's not that. It's more of he's the only one that can tell that they are in this curse. The curse is that they live in this in the real world and it's mundane and they don't remember who they are and they live the same life every day. But he's like the only one that can notice it. And so he's like, oh, you, I have to go find my mom and I have to and she's going to save everything and remind them who they are and all that stuff. And that was the whole plot. But then they start a new season where now he's older. He's like a grown male, a grown man. And now his daughter is coming to him and being like, oh, you don't remember who you are. You married Cinderella and that was my mom and all this stuff. But it was like a different Cinderella than the, just, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's very circular and like not in it's, a. It's just that they don't, they ran out of ideas and they didn't know what to do. And they just kept introducing new characters. And that was kind of their only plot. Their, what's the word? That was really the only thing that they were using to get people to watch again because they would be like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to show up. Tian is going to show up or Ariel's going to show up. And yeah, that's, that's what wanna, like, but the plot was so that. stupid. It was just like, <sighs> and so I, I couldn't do it. And it's all on Netflix and I could I could catch up on it. But I, I just, I can't. 
I'm exhausted. That's the guilty pleasure that got away. <laughs> the one that got away. The one that got away. Sometimes you actually become a real fan of these guilty pleasure shows, like I am with Riverdale. But uh-huh. yeah. we should have an episode on that. I'm just saying. Yes. No. We're definitely going to talk about Riverdale at some point. I feel like I could write essays about it because every episode that I watch, I watch it with one of my friends and you know and we just kind of like just are talking the entire time but i'm just like wow i can't believe they did that i love how they did that i love how they look in this scene and how you can tell how they really feel oh wait like mm-hmm. why do they think this oh it's because they only like lots of picking it apart but in a fun way it's it's just it's the best it's because i went in with zero expectations so i'm not disappointed often that's a that's a way that kind of like it, it lets me enjoy things a little more if I'm like mm-hmm. well I'll just enjoy this I think this is okay as long as it doesn't like betray me with its problematic betrayed ropes or whatever yeah as long as nothing I mean you know as long as nothing nothing weird or, or bad happens <laughs> is there anything else I think we've talked like? about a lot yeah, I've talked a lot. But I got to talk about all my favorite tropes and stuff, so mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. Yeah, and I wanna know I wanna know everybody's favorite tropes. The guilty pleasure tropes. I wanna I wanna know. I should I should start asking that whenever I meet new people. I'll be like, hey, what's up? What's your name? What do you do for a living? What's your favorite trope? What's your what's your guilty pleasure? Those can be personal though. So that's fine. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> but uh, I mean, how do you feel? You feel good? I think feel uh, good? we talked a lot. So now I'm like, now I'm like, oh God, I talked so much. And no, it was, it was, it was good. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to what we said and that's what matters. So what are we talking about next time? Oh, next time we're talking about Marvel in general and the MCU is that right yep (laughs) it's a big big topic topic. but it's gonna be interesting we're gonna talk about like uh (laughs) uh superheroes and uh you know like we're gonna uh, talk about how (laughs) Marvel movies were portrayed before Marvel Studios existed and because I vividly remember that shift and kind of just our opinions on where it's gonna it's going and there's just it's it's a very big topic, but I think it's a very interesting. Topic. It's interesting because there are a lot of like the younger generation who grew up with these movies are just always mm-hmm. in their life, and it's cool because we got to kind of see the foundation of it and as mm-hmm. uh, grown out into the conglomerate that it is. But I don't want to say any more because that's a that's basically the whole episode. So um. <laughs> No spoilers. Oh, that episode will be very full of spoilers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just to kind of put that out there. Also, this episode had spoilers for, you know, like, moral instruments, but don't read it. It's uh, it's not worth the heartache. Unless you read that, and then go for it. I I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. All right. Well, I think it's time to sign off. That was our episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. This was Caro and Peony with Generation Fangirl. And we hope you join us next time. Yeah, we will see you guys later. Was good. Bye. (laughs) Bye.